The following audio is from All Saints Church. For more information about the church, please visit our website at allsaintsgb.org. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God, we thank You for Your Word. Have you ever had one of those disconnects when what was said to you didn't at all match how it was being said? So let's say you grab your food from the drive-thru and the weary worker at the drive-thru responds to your thank you with, have an awesome day. I remember the flatness of response in my many Sundays sitting in the pews of church as a kid. After the gospel reading every week, a reading that was filled with the good news of Jesus' coming to save a sinful, wretched people with a Father's love, hearing these words of response that didn't match, the reader would say, this is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we as a congregation would respond in the flattest, robotic, and joyless tone. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You may think that an exaggeration, what I just said, but test it with those who also grew up in the same tradition, and they would probably be nodding with me. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I remember going back to these churches later, after coming to faith and understanding of how great a love the Father had for me, and looking around at the flatness of not only tone, but also faces. And I'd be like, what's, what's happening here? I would, I would think, something I've got to do here. And I, sometimes I would try and I'd use my voice to help lead the procession of praise with a crescendoed tone. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And I was met with stares that said, keep it down. Don't you realize we are in the house of God? The tone was so much flatter than the words. This was praise. But swing the pendulum the other way, as my experience had. And there I sat in the padded pastel chairs of a Pentecostal church following my newfound Jesus and my newfound faith. And it was almost the direct opposite. Here, there was a high level of emotion There was processional. There was dancing. I think there were banners and ribbons. There was praise, but it was in a tongue and with words I didn't understand. I didn't know what was going on. My look around the room was similar. This this is praise, but this time the tone, the emotion was much louder than the words I couldn't even understand. In both situations, I found myself holding back, passive in my praise, 
hesitant in my hallelujah. And I still find myself held back at times in responding. What about you? What keeps you held back in your praise? Do you add restraints to worship? Thinking, you know, it's more respectable to a holy God to keep a quiet, careful, and courteous posture. The music might send your soul soaring, but don't you dare allow your body, especially your voice or your hands or, God forbid, your feet to follow suit. Another reason for the holding back of praise is maybe a healthy fear of emotionalism and that feelings train wreck that happens. Some of you remember in uh, a wide range ministries pamphlets that they had this image of a train Okay, where the facts of the gospel were the front of the train, that was the engine that was set to fuel your faith, which was the next train, and then the caboose were your feelings. Okay, It was a necessary caution against allowing our feelings to dictate or lead what's true, but a train wreck came with that picture when the feelings caboose was stuck so far behind the added train cars of religious culture, of reformed culture, of being regulated and rightly ordered in our worship that a praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, was three miles downwind from the cross. Maybe emotions were used to manipulate you in worship. They would wear you down by repeating the same words over and over and over and over again until you cried, Uncle, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And you vowed not to make that same emotionalistic mistake again. And still another reason for our holding back of praise, friends, is we're worn out. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, feels sometimes like work. We read the news in Memphis This week of yet another tragedy post-September 11th, and we wonder, is praising God for His wondrous deeds still relevant, still real? I don't have any energy to lift my hands. I don't have any energy to lift my hearts because I'm weighed down with grief or pain, and we don't want to fake it when we don't feel like it. Psalm 150 is calling each one of us passive, cautious, and weary people back to praise but it's not a half-hearted praise. It's a no-holds-barred, nothing-held-back praise. Finishing this week in a series through the Psalms of the various parts of our liturgy, our worship, from entrance into worship, which is how the Psalms begin, to exit, which is how the Psalms end. We've walked through invocation, where the fear of the Lord is the beginning of our wisdom and worship. We start quiet. We looked at adoration, where we put onto God the glory due His name. Talked about confession, where instead of keeping silent about our sin, we name it, we confess it before God. And then we hear words of assurance, and we're reminded of the compassion, the commitment God has for His people, the measureless love He has for us in Christ. And then thanksgiving, as we give thanks to God with our whole heart for His never-failing, never-giving-up love. And then edification, we talked about last week, where the shepherd comes 
through the preaching of His Word and through the sacrament, to feed us and to discipline us, His beloved sheep. And finally, today, response, doxology. As we take everything He has shown us, everything He's given us, and praise Him with a yes and an amen. Psalm 150 calls us to this. Hold nothing back in the praise of the God who saves you. Through every aspect of our worship service and our growing in grace as a people, if we're not singing in louder praise, like a slow crescendo throughout a service, then something of the goodness of God and His gospel of grace has been sorely missed by you or poorly communicated by me. Sam Storm said this, the ultimate goal of theology, of knowing and understanding God, isn't knowledge. The ultimate goal is worship. If our learning and our knowledge of God do not lead to the joyful praise of God, we've failed. He says, we learn only that we might loud, which means praise, and that we might get loud, which is to say that theology without doxology is idolatry. The only theology worth studying is a theology worth singing. Hold nothing back in the praise of God who saves you. How are we called by the psalmist this morning to hold nothing back in our praise? Well, it's an all-encompassing praise in Psalm 150. First, we're called to praise the Lord everywhere He is. Everywhere. Second, we're called to praise the Lord for everything He is. And finally, we're called to praise the Lord with everything we have. First, we're called to praise Him everywhere He is. Verse 1. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. The psalmist begins first with the words of praise on his own tongue. Hallelujah! Hallel means to shout a boast or a cry of praise. And Yah, what does that sound like? To the Lord God, to Yahweh. It's like, yes, you! Ah, you! That's a hallelujah. Ah, you! He gives praise right where he is. He doesn't start by talking about praise. No, you. he praises. Praise him in the sanctuary, which in the scripture, the sanctuary is not meant to be understood just as a, a place, a certain pinpointed place. The world God made is God's sanctuary. And we, his people, are his image bearers. I don't know if you knew this, but every temple whether it's the Lord's temple or other God's temples, has an image in it, an image of God to display who He is. So if you walked in a temple of Zeus, there would be some kind of image of Zeus there. But in God's sanctuary, in His temple, what are people looking around for in terms of image? How do we see God? Who are His image bearers? Us. Wherever his people are, there is praise of him. But thankfully, we're not the only choir singing. The verse says, praise him in the mighty heavens, in the mighty expanse, the heavenly beings, the angels, 
Join in the doxology as well. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Wherever God is, praise is as well. As a parent, I know where my boys have been. I have three of them. I know where they've been by the traces of themselves that they leave around the house, right? If I'm looking for them, if I'm not sure where Cadence or Colson is, I can follow a trail. Shoes starts usually there. Then socks, then shirts, then empty cups, then towels, and there they are. Same goes for God. We know where God has been by the trail of praise that follows him. I make it a point, friends, to say praise God when someone comments on the impact of a sermon or a counsel given. And it drives my wife crazy because she feels like I'm deflecting a compliment. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying praise God because I'm saying in the sermon or in the counseling office, God, you were here. That's evidence that you were here. And the key to praising a God who is everywhere is to ask Him like we prayed, like we sung, to tune our eyes to see Him everywhere. Starry nights, sunsets, the fall colors that are coming, they are perfect places to begin His praise where you see His presence. But so too are sleepless nights. So too is the six-month cloud of winter that's coming. Has he left? Never. Behind even that six-month cloud of winter is light, is sunshine, is the Lord. William Cowper writes this way back. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides his smiling face. He's behind it. Praise Him. I heard these lyrics this week reminding me that there is every place, even in suffering, where God's praise is possible. When the world is crumbling, I have your peace. My confidence in providence is keeping me from blowing in the breeze. All my security is anchored in the promises you gave to me that you are making all things new so that even when it's coming apart, you're in that too. Everywhere the Lord is, whether it's things that are put together or things that are coming apart, it's a place for praise. I want to encourage you this morning to see the places that you're most likely to complain and ask the Lord, make this a place of praise. Where are you most likely to complain? Ask the Lord to make that place a place of praise. Is it the slowest checkout line at Walmart? Is my son who says, Wednesdays, am I right? Even in the pain of someone we love leaving us, whether it's to college or in death, praising God for always staying, where are the places you are most likely to complain and ask the Lord to make those places places of praise? Praise Him everywhere He is. Second, we're called to praise Him not only everywhere He is, but for everything He is. Verse 2, praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. The psalmist is praising God for all He is and all He's done. 
Another way to translate verse 2 is praise Him in His feats of strength. Praise Him in His greatness. This, the psalmist is giving us, is a reason for our praise. You are great and you do great things, Lord. For the Jewish audience who's hearing this psalm, maybe for the first time, creation is the first thing that comes to mind to seeing God's greatness and mighty deeds. God, you made this whole universe out of nothing. Praise you. But for God's people, Israel, greatness is also found in its fullest expression in God who saved his people from near death and disaster. Praise him in his strength to make a path for his people through the Red Sea, through a huge body of water. Praise you in your strength to be able to do that for us. Praise him in his strength in the book of Judges to defeat an army of thousands with only 300 people. Praise you in your mighty deeds. Little, weak, small nation that we are, we give praise to a God who considered little us and helped little us. All foreshadowings of faith to what Christ was coming to bring, ultimate salvation. Who made a path through the breaking of his body that we could be safe who defeated sin and death for millions of people, one man took on the army of death and sin and won. One man. Little, weak, helpless sinners giving praise to a God who considered us and gave help to us. Praise, or the word doxology, which we sing at the end of our service. What does that word mean? It means glory words. And glory words are the exclamation point at the end of our worship sentence. Without this response of praise, the goodness, the greatness we experience of God is not yet complete. Okay, so I want to give you an example of what this means. Say you were on a plane, and uh, you were at 32,000 feet cruising altitude, and all of a sudden, all of the engines went out. You heard it. They blew, blew, and you feel the plane, and you feel your stomach start falling rapidly, knowing this heavy machine of metal is about to take you and the rest of the passengers to certain death. And the captain, in his great skill and might, gets on the PA and says to you, "Not on my watch." And in his great deeds, he manages to coast the plane down to safely land this giant piece of metal into a cornfield. Like, this is amazing. What just happened there? We're safe. And as you're disembarking off the plane in the cornfield, as the inflatable slides are out there, the captain is standing at the doorway helping people off the plane. Imagine if you got off of that plane without a word to the captain. It would be unheard of. Our joy in being saved must end with praise and thanksgiving. It's got to have that exclamation point for it to be full. C.S. Lewis says it this way, We delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the joy. Our joy is no more separable from the praise it utters 
then the brightness a mirror receives is separable from the brightness it sheds. Saints, this is why we're all about story at All Saints. Stories of what God has done and what God is doing are putting the praise exclamation point at the end of a sentence. We close our service every week with doxology in order to put the exclamation point at the end of our worship. We give the captain, Jesus Christ, praise for the gift of being saved that he's given us. And the more we come to understand the depth of our sin and the height from which we fell, the more praise crescendos gets louder and louder. You wouldn't hold back from hugging and kissing that captain. Why would you hold back on shouting and declaring your praise to the Lord Jesus Christ? Why would you hold back and sharing your story of praise with anyone who'd be willing to hear it? When you wake up in the morning, let the first thing you do with your breath that God gave you be praise. When you put your head on the pillow each night, let the last thing you utter be praise. Complete your enjoyment. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. This is why finally we're called to praise the Lord with everything we have, verses 3 to 6. I love how the psalmist finishes this doxology. The final verses, the last psalm in the book depict the gathering together of all the sections of the orchestra. It reads like a true crescendo. Starts, praise him with the sounding horn. The brass section, hit it. Praise him with tambourines and cymbals and crashing cymbals. Nope, I was wrong. Praise him with the harp, the lyre, the strings, the pipe, string section, hit it. And then, praise him with the tambourines, the cymbals, the crashing cymbals, the percussion section. Hit it! And finally, it doesn't end there, just with the instruments. How does it end? Let all the breathing ones, let the hallelujah chorus of people with breath in their lungs, hit it! Start singing! It's one giant crescendo of hallelujah, praise the Lord. This is the final psalm in the book of Psalms, and it directs people on how to leave the place of worship. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This should remind us of the great salvation we have in Christ. Friends, without his resurrection, without his breathing breath again after his death, our plane would have crashed deeper into the flames of hell than Flight 96 did on September 11th in the fields of Pennsylvania. We were given breath in Eden, in the perfection of creation. We were given breath, but we chose to suffocate that gift by choosing to play God. Basically, what we decided to do was say, Captain of the plane, get out of the plane. That's what we decided to do. We kicked the captain out. But the Father, in his strength and his love and his overflowing greatness, doesn't let the plane just crash. He breathes new life into us through faith in his Son who is resurrected and who gives us his spirit as a new breath. <gasps> we breathe again because he breathes again. When we sing the doxology each week, praise God from whom all blessings flow, we are putting an exclamation point with the very breath we have of eternal life that we've been gifted through the greatness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord with our last breath. 
because it's never our last breath. It's really only our first. Saints, you are walking doxologies. Everything you do can have an exclamation point of praise at the end of it. As you love a stranger who is weaker than you, praise God. As you love children with a heartbreaking commitment, Ken, praise God. As you love enemies who've hurt you or betrayed you, praise God. And as you love Jesus who spared you from plunging you into your death and your hell, praise God. You might be wondering, you know, what all these instruments here are doing right here next to me. I wanted to hand a few of these out before we sing our response song. Some of you aren't musicians. It's okay. Saints, we're in all different seasons of faith and life, but God says praise Him everywhere you are. Some are grieving losses. Some are celebrating successes. Some are waiting on the Lord to bring some kind of change. Some are giving thanks to the Lord who's brought that change. Wherever we are, we give everything we are. We don't hold back our praise to express everything He is. I'm going to hand these out. And I want to encourage those receiving the instruments to not hold anything back, even if you're not a drummer, even if you're not a tambourinist. I don't know that there is a tambourinist. Don't hold anything back. We're not doing this for noise's sake. We're not doing this for emotionalism's sake. No, we're doing this for the praise of his glorious and good name who held nothing back. We hold nothing back and give praise to the God who saves us. Day in and day out, faithful mom. There you go. Committed father, waiting for your son to return. Here you go. Newly engaged, Hayden. <laughs> here you go. All right, let me go over here. I got these sticks. These are just sticks. Continuing to plow and do your work faithfully in this community, Jim. Here you go. Miles, leading your family well. There you go. We got a few more. All right. I got a tambourine here. Come on, Sophie. Bring it all you got. All right. All right. Julie, this is, a, I don't know what it's called. That's all it is. I don't know what it is, but you can do it. Bring it. All right. And these are pathetic symbols, I realize. But I've got to have some kind of illustration. All right. Tom. And a day in and day out, faithfully loving your family and serving your kids. There you go. Triangle. you got to have a triangle, Elijah. Bring it. Bring it. Finally, one more symbol, Matt. Bring it. All right. So let's pray that the Lord would use our time in this exclamation point of praise to thank him for all he's done. Father in heaven, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for how you've crafted creatively your word that the Psalms end with a doxology. It teaches us how to leave this place of worship in praise. May we, as your people, look around to see that everywhere, everywhere, whether it's the valley of the shadow of death or it's the mountaintop peak of joy, everywhere we can give praise. We pray that you would remind us of everything you've done as a captain, a shepherd of your people, to lay down your life for us and save us. That every time we leave this place and get off the plane, 
that we're hugging and squeezing our Christ who saved us. And Father, that we would not hold anything back, our time, our money, our hands, our feet, our voices, that we'd hold nothing back in being a doxology and an exclamation point of this God who saves us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.